The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, everyone, to the early live. We are live right here on SportsGrid on a Tuesday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined, of course, by Donnie Wright's side. Man, coming to us, the live reporting, Donnie, down there in Philadelphia. How you feeling here this morning? Yeah, got to do what you got to do. Boots on the ground, as we like to say. Last night in the city of brotherly love with the Sixers taking down a nice, easy victory in game two over the Raptors. Didn't get much sleep last night, but that's what you do. Mm-hmm. When you got to be on the ground here, getting those live reports for the people, you got to sacrifice sometimes. Listen, I, I heard, I, this is just my sources, Donnie. You walked in, raucous ovation. D-R-S. DRS. I mean, any truth to those rumors, Donnie? Yes, I, I got to tell you, when I did walk in, they were announcing the starting lineups, and Joel Embiid couldn't figure out where the cheers were coming from. Mm-hmm. So when they put the spotlight on DRS walking in, he waited. <laughs> I sat down. Then he continued. It was fantastic. I, I heard they wanted you to ring the bell. You said maybe conference finals. I, you, exactly. guys, yeah, I don't. I don't roll. Yeah. I don't roll out of bed game now two. for at least the game yeah. six. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, look, let's start these seven and seven top headlines here with that game. The Sixers get the job done, no doubt about it. One twelve to ninety seven, uh, and they really didn't play much of the fourth quarter. They didn't really need to play in the fourth quarter. And beat at nineteen first quarter points, finished with another double double, thirty one and eleven. And Doc Rivers, Donnie, becomes just the fifth coach in the history of the NBA to win one hundred playoff games. Yeah, longevity rules, right? If you're going to stick around for a long time and be a decent basketball coach, you're going to rack up some of these playoff wins and victories. That was a nice playoff victory for the 76ers last night to get another easy victory. So two straight easy victories over the Toronto Raptors as they now head back to Game 3 in Toronto. But good for Doc, good for the Sixers. That's the way they needed to start, Kevin, because we talked about who had the pressure in Game 2, probably more so on the Sixers here because they knew they needed this win before they headed back to Toronto. Sixers look markedly better. Embiid kind of at a drop of a hat, by far the best player. Obviously, the health not where the Raptors were looking for it, but they look kind of outmatched regardless. Philly has now moved to a minus 1,800 favorite in this series. One series, though, that's now all evened up. A little bit of an, uh, I don't want to say I told you, but I'm not surprised I will say here. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Utah Jazz 110-104. Jalen Brunson gives you 41. Maxi Kleba, Donnie's guy, with eight triples mm. off the bench. And the Mavericks, Donnie, take one without Luka Doncic. 
Yeah, kitchen sink game is what we called it yesterday. And I'm still surprised that the Mavericks actually won that game, knowing that if they lost, the series was probably done for all intents and purposes. But now you're taking a look and the focus goes back on Luka Doncic because if you were in that danger zone down 0-2, maybe you rush him back a little bit earlier than you would like to. So now you afford yourself an extra couple days to reevaluate to see where that calf injury is at. If he's healthy enough to come back, great. If not, you can still sit back for one more game and say, okay, we're still in this series regardless of if he plays and if we win in game three. The game that they needed to have there in Dallas, they are still a considerable dog in this series, a plus 220 price, but uh, the ability now to guarantee yourself at least a trip back to Dallas. And again, 3-1, Donnie. You're the Mavericks, but Luke is back game five. I think you live with that. I think Dallas has the chance to force this series to go at least the distance. One series that isn't going to go the distance is the Warriors-Nuggets series. And this one certainly doesn't look like it has a reigning back-to-back two-time MVP in it. The radio audience is here early morning, Tuesday action. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. This is the early line, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Donnie, 126 to 106 on one end of it Steph Curry is coming off of the bench dropping 34 on the other end of it Nikola Jokic got ejected and for the second game in a row had the worst plus minus of any player in the game yeah, 26 and 11, not enough to get it done here. And I even took a secondary option in this game with Aaron Gordon, figured he'd pick up some of the slack, and he picked up none of the slack here. And this is what you're getting out of the Nuggets. When we started the series overall and said, hey, the Warriors are better than the Nuggets, and what's it going to take? We're joking, 40, 25, and 8 out of Jokic for them to hang around. And if he's only putting up numbers in the mid-20s, they're going to continue to get smoked, and maybe this is a four-game series. At the end of the day, they go back to Denver so they can kind of take some solace in that. But the early returns to this series are quite awful. Last NBA headline, Marcus Smart, your defensive player of the year. Our odds started to reflect this would be the case. And ultimately, he wins it. The final crop of guys was Smart, Mikhail Bridges, and Rudy Gobert. So these NBA awards are going to start to trickle in. Moving over to some NFL news, Donnie. How about some superstar wide receivers maybe kind of playing into the narrative here. If everybody's getting paid, then why I'm in, why am I not getting paid here? So some of that star-wide receiver class, right, the, the Debo Samuels, the A.J. Browns, you know, obviously changing Twitter bios as anticipated, but mm-hmm. also they're not showing up to camp until they get their money. Yeah, Terry McLaren as well, and rightfully so. Like, this is the new market. As we coined the phrase about a month ago, Wide receiver is the new quarter, quarterback here. They're looking to get paid, and they will get paid, and they have every right to get paid here. This is a wild market that's starting up now. It's going to be really interesting to see if all of these guys make it back to their team. That does feel unlikely. The NFL draft gets closer and closer. Other NFL headline, Denzel Ward becomes the highest-paid corner in NFL history. A $100 million contract for the Browns cornerback last one Donnie sneak it in Freddie Freeman first at bat versus the Atlanta Braves takes it deep Dodgers win yeah it always goes that way right Freddie return or Freddie's out there let me show my new team what I'm all about here yeah going yard against my old team here congratulations Freddie and the Dodgers the early line is live SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Results from yesterday are going to continue to trickle in and trickle in and trickle in. And I think we might as well start with the Lone Eastern Conference game, which involved the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Philly actually found themselves down 11-2 early in this basketball game. Looked like Toronto was going to make them battle the whole way. It looked like uh, Fred Van Vliet was going to score 40 in this basketball game. That did not happen. That did not happen at all. Embiid steadied the ship. He was unstoppable in the first quarter of this basketball game. FVV really, really cooled off. Actually only finished with 20 points. Tyrese Maxey was great. Again, Harden is kind of just there, which is a really interesting outlook on this series right now. Donnie, your reaction to the 2-0 lead for the Philadelphia 76ers? You know, if you would have asked me coming into the series, would I have been surprised if Philadelphia had a 2-0 series lead? No, I wouldn't have been. But would I be surprised how easily the 76ers dispatched the Toronto Raptors over the first two games? Yes, I would. Because you're expecting that fight out of the Raptors. Even though they're not as talented as the 76ers are, it's still a championship organization. And they do have the pieces that sort of mess with the Philadelphia 76ers, particularly in the regular season. But whatever happened in the playoffs now, it's pretty clear that the Sixers are dialed in by saying, nobody can stop Joel Embiid and he can do whatever he wants here and yes when you are a seven footer and you have a dominant post game against smaller guys you will get fouled regardless of what Nick Nurse tries to tell you that's what happens here if you ever watch dominant centers they get fouled because there's no way you can accurately defend them except getting in their way and saying well the refs can't call every single foul down low in the post but also let's keep this in mind if Tyrese Maxey is going to play the way Tyrese Maxey has played over the past two playoff games, the 76ers are going to be hell on wheels throughout the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Because if you can get a guy that's playing that well on defense, who was the primary mm-hmm. defender on Van Vliet for most of that game, he did very well, but also his transition game and turning into one of the better three-point shooters in the NBA, tremendous stuff by Tyrese Maxey. And then, yes, you're still waiting for James Harden to wake up on the offensive end. He had 14 points in that game, six assists. Didn't have to do much. 
The Sixers were in complete control after, as you said, Kevin, that opening run in the first quarter. Everything worked for them. And by the time we were settling in around the third quarter, the Sixers were still shooting around 50% from three-point range, which was incredible. So I've been trying to kind of almost now, now that it's two games, right, Donnie? How are the Sixers dominating with, I, I think it would be fine to say, subpar James Harden performances, at least statistically. And obviously Embiid was fantastic in this game. And obviously Tyrese Maxey has stepped up in a monster way. Tobias Harris, Donnie, also is, I don't want to say living up to that contract, because again, that's you know top 10 player in the NBA contract. But that's besides the point, Donnie. You know, 20 plus in the two games, he's shooting it at 65% from the field and 80% from three over the two games that they've played so far. What's really interesting to me is with the 76ers, if they get through this round, which they're very likely to do, obviously now a live minus 1800 favorite, is have the expectations changed around the 76er basketball team? Are we are we expecting Maxi and Tobias Harris and James Harden, Donnie, to be equals? Really here where Joel Embiid is the guy. We all know he's the guy. And the Sixers are hoping that two of the three from a Maxi harden harris combo will elevate their games as opposed to top 10 player MVP candidate James Harden being the Robin to Embiid's Batman. Well, and also you have to take this into account. You know, for most of the season, you had Ben Simmons on your team, but not playing here. So he wasn't making anybody better. And the reason I'm bringing this up is when you make the train for James Harden, you say, oh, you know, whether or not he gave up enough or it was too much or whatever it was. You know, Seth Curry was in the deal as well as Andre Drummond. But what you got back was James Harden. So maybe if you're saying James Harden is not the, you know, Houston Rockets James Harden, the Oklahoma City James Harden, where the usage rate is massive and he gets to the rim whenever he wants but he's still a factor in games. You still have to worry about him. So just his presence on the court opens things up for Joel Embiid, for Tobias Harris, for Tyrese Maxey. And I really think that's what you're seeing here as the Sixers moving forward, where you have so much more room and the spacing is fantastic. And James Harden is still a great passer. And also some of the things that you get on, you know, for Doc Rivers during the regular season, his rotations, right? Sixers take a 14 point lead, Go sit Joel Embiid and some starters on the bench. Now they're down one. They bring the starters back in. Here's what I love. In a blowout, because basically it was wire to wire after the first quarter for the Philadelphia 76ers. Look at the minutes played by the starters. 39, 38, 37, 41, and 41. Doc Rivers saying, you know what? I'm not messing around here. Let me just play my guys in the playoffs because I'm not worried about back-to-backs or we're playing quickly here. You know, we got to go from L.A. to Philadelphia to play games and then back and forth here where now it's only Philadelphia to Toronto, which isn't that long of a flight from Philadelphia to Toronto. So I like where Doc Rivers is going here. Even if I'm playing my guys here, we're running leads out here. We're going to keep these leads. We're not going to be benching guys in long periods where my starters are playing 33 minutes a game. Good for Doc Rivers. Maybe he finally woke up and said, hey, Maybe I should just play my best players the majority of the game. Yeah, I mean, it can be that simple. I think that's kind of one of the other aspects of this game, right? Donnie, the 100th win for Doc Rivers. Uh, Now only the fifth coach in the history of the NBA to have 100 playoff victories. And, you know, some people might hear that and say, hey, man, do you feel like you're, you're too hard on Doc? No. Doc Rivers' job is not to just win a playoff game or a playoff series. It's a 76ers team with title aspirations. Doc Rivers, since the Boston Celtics run, which has started well over a decade ago, year in, year out, is coaching a basketball team with title expectations. And on a pretty consistent basis, Doc Rivers has found a way to 
disappoint with the organization that he's been with. And that was the story of the Lob City Clippers, the one year he had with Kawhi, even the back end of that Boston, you know, dynasty. One title, LeBron sent you on your way. I mean, deal with that. And, and then even last year in Philly, as the one seed, not even making it to the conference finals. So, no, I, I don't feel hard. If, if Doc Rivers is going to be a legendary head coach, right, the uh, NBA did that top 15 coaches in the history of the sport, Doc Rivers is on the list. I, yeah, getting past Toronto is obvious. What about next series? I mean, again, I get it. You're playing the one-seeded Miami Heat. But don't tell – I mean, I hope Sixers fans aren't going to try and tell me, oh, come on, I mean, what do you want us to do? I want you to win the series no. in the same way that you've yeah. probably been predicting, Donnie, all year long that you'd be winning that series right now. This is great for Philly. And I usually would caution thinking about beyond because they're still going to have to go to Toronto. It's hard to come up with a world where Toronto flips what's been the first two games, complete domination at the hand of the Sixers, and all of a sudden this series is 2-2 when we go back to Philly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out here. But the Sixers going to Toronto was sort of a decompression. Like, okay, let's just see if we can get one here and then wrap this up in five games. But back to your point also with the Philadelphia 76ers and Doc Rivers as the four seed. You're right, right? Okay, you win your first round series. Well, we went up against the one seed. We're the four seed. What did you want us to do? The NBA tells you and the players tell you throughout the regular season that seeding doesn't matter. So you can't flip that ace card over in the playoffs and go, what are you? Hey, we were the four seed. They were the one seed. We were supposed to lose at that. That's not what anybody tells you here, that as long as you get into the playoffs, anybody can beat anybody. And we were jockeying for this position. And coming down the stretch, we didn't care if we ended up in the two, three, four, five, or six, as long as we were healthy, and then turn around and say, well, the number one seed we ran up against, and they were a pretty good basketball team. You get none of those outs here, particularly if you're Doc Rivers. You have to beat the Miami Heat, and you have to make a run. What's a successful season for the Philadelphia 76ers, who have been trusting the process for quite a few years now? I would say a return to the Eastern Conference Finals, but anything short of an Eastern Conference Finals win, which means you're playing for a championship, that's going to be disappointing with the acquisition of James Harden. You didn't get James Harden, Kevin, to win two playoff series. Right, and that, Don, they, they get there. It's them versus Milwaukee. They lose mm-hmm. a tough, competitive seven-game set. Yeah. We can have an honest conversation around that, right? But as, yeah, as sure. you know, we've talked about throughout this year, it doesn't stop here. The one thing, though, right, you know, Donnie and I can talk about Philly-Miami, Philly-Milwaukee. I hope that room isn't – because here's the other thing, right, we want to talk about Doc Rivers. This series is 3-1 going back to Philly. You know who's uncomfortable? Doc Rivers. That's not where Doc usually seems to thrive. More NBA breakdown next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back here on Sports Grid, taking a look at some of the action from the NBA yesterday. I want to talk about the Warriors, and I want to talk about the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors look like fully healthy. Maybe they're going to go out here and make a deep postseason run. Not the conference finals, but maybe win an NBA championship. We'll talk about that in a minute. Nikola Jokic now for the second game in a row is the worst plus minus of any player on the court. He was ejected in this basketball game, and I quite honestly don't understand how people are out there defending this nonsense. I don't understand how people are so willingly hypocritical. I don't understand how people have such short memories. Nikola Jokic is going to win MVP this season, and he certainly won it last season as well. When that happens, when you win that award, the expectations are supposed to be high. Russell Westbrook won an MVP as a six seed, and when they lost in the opening round of the postseason, People try to use that as justification that Russ was never the MVP. We are now here with Nikola Jokic. They lose by 20-plus. He is ejected, and people go, man, we should give him a third one already. What an unbelievable job by him. Donnie, to be honest with you, I find this all embarrassing, and I don't need to be told it's a regular season award. I'm well aware of it. What's happening right now to the Denver Nuggets is a black eye for every person that voted for Jokic to win this award again. Hey, the straw poll. Maybe we should return with another hmm. straw poll. What happens if they ask you a straw poll now with ESPN and he said, hey, who is actually the real MVP of the season if we just take into account everything that we've seen this season? Maybe be Joel Embiid here with a 70% approval rating here to take down the MVP award. And this is why it is so tough. And again, I preface this by saying, the, like the NBA, like we can only have certain awards. Like, why do we have Marcus Smart as the the defensive the defensive player of the year? That's announced. Like, why didn't we wait on that one here? I wanted to see the MVP award announced as soon as the season ends because you know what, Kevin, we wouldn't have the debate anymore because it'd be clear cut and dry. We know it's a regular season award, but when you watch everything play out, it's the same way where the Heisman Trophy is given before bowl season or before you get to play in the playoffs here, where you say, okay, he was the best quarterback in the regular season. Man, he stunk in that in that semifinal round to try to get to the national. He didn't even play for a national championship. That's how bad he was. He wasn't the real Heisman. I always like these awards to be voted on after the season or at least given exactly when they're supposed to be given. So you don't have any of those discrepancies by saying to yourself, boy, if we would have just waited three more weeks and saw how well Joel Embiid played against the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs and how quickly Denver got dispatched by the Golden State Warriors, maybe they'd have a little bit of a different thought process on that. Here's the thing, though, Donnie. They could have given this award to him in January. My problem would be the exact same. I don't understand why it is too much to ask the MVP to go out here and make this a competitive series. Maybe this gets to Denver. Maybe this gets competitive. But, Donnie, because you can't say the roster's so terrible, what do you want? 
But all year long, I was told that the Denver Nuggets were being elevated by Nikola Jokic. All season long. Were they elevated or not? Was he putting up hollow numbers against garbage basketball teams, or was he elevating them to a different status? Because all year long, Donnie, we heard about how similar the Denver Nuggets record was to that of the Milwaukee Bucks and to that of the Philadelphia 76ers. Was anybody giving Philly a pass if they lose a round one in Toronto? Anybody giving the Bucks a pass if they lose round one to Chicago? No. So I don't understand the game. Either, either you elevated a team to another level, and you now need to go out there and push your opponent. Connie, to be honest with you, I'd probably give Jokic a pass even if he was eliminated in round one. Donnie, he has the worst plus-minus. Donnie, remember the old LeBron teams, the old terrible, terrible LeBron teams? They'd lose a game by seven. He'd play 42 minutes. He was a plus Eight in his 42 minutes, but in the six minutes he was on the bench, they were minus 15. Jokic, both games, Donnie, has the worst plus-minus for the Denver Nuggets. That can't be. No, it really can't be. And also, let's keep in mind, now, we're through two games, right? The Golden State Warriors were the home team. They were favored in both games, and they won here. So there is still a trapdoor option where Nikola Jokic can come back in game three and be the old Nikola Jokic or the MVP caliber Nikola Jokic that we've seen in the regular season. 33 points, you know, 16 rebounds, nine assists, and pick up a win because you're right. There is time to rebound here where if they don't beat the Golden State Warriors, who they're not as good as the Golden State Warriors, particularly with the Golden State Warriors now being somewhat healthy. But if you can extend this to six games or seven where you say, man, Jokic left it all out there on the court. What else could he have done in a seven-game series? That's what he's going to need. But let me tell you something. If Jokic gets bounced in one of these, hey, uh, we stole game three, but the Warriors clapped us in game four, went back to Golden State, and we already knew what our agenda was going to be in the offseason, we go down in five games. That's not going to be a great look here. But you can still rebound with Nikola Jokic playing well at home and trying to push this series to a limit, at least get the six games in a struggle where you lose on your home court by three points and Jokic dropped 37 points in that closeout game. That's what we need to see here. We're not getting it yet, and quite frankly, I don't see it coming because there were two uninspiring performances out of the Denver Nuggets in games one and two. And uh, ultimately now the state of this series is the Warriors look so good. The question is, can this team now go and win a championship? And by the way, that should be the expectations, or at least be in the finals. The healthy version of the Golden State Warriors, they, they were neck and neck with the Phoenix Suns all year long. The Dubs will be favored, obviously, throughout this series. They'll be favored, by the way, versus Memphis or versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, whichever one it would be, and then they go to Phoenix. And no, they don't have home court, but that should be the expectations for the Golden State Warriors. And I know people are going to think I'm kidding around here, but I'm not. I worry about what happens when Jordan Poole goes to the bench. And I, by the way, am not a maniac and think that Jordan Poole should remain in the starting lineup. Obviously, you're going to put Steph back in the starting lineup. He's the heart and soul of your franchise, 34 off of the bench. Although I'm pretty sure Steph could do this all game long if he just is playing second units. I mean, he's a plus 32, 34 points. I mean, just complete and utter superstar stuff, Donnie. But I, I, here's my expectation. They're just going to keep beating the Denver Nuggets up and down this court. They'll leave Jordan Poole. They'll reset the deck next series. And I think it's going to throw Jordan Poole off when he gets returned to the bench.
Do you think so, though? Like, don't you just get that extra time? You know, so many times we talk about in, like, a regular season where it's like, hey, this guy got injured. It's nice to see this guy get extra minutes so he can prove his medal and his worth. It would be interesting to see because you're right. When you say, like, no comment, do I want to go back to the bench? Most younger players need, like, hey, look, this is Steph's team. You know, this is a veteran-laden group. I'm just trying to pitch in mm-hmm. any way I can. If they need me to start, I'll give you minutes. If they need me to come off the bench, I can do it. That's usually what younger guys do. But it is kind of funny. I would love to see a little animosity if – you know, an all-time NBA player returns to his normal starting job and a younger player is upset that his job was taken by one of the best players of all time in the NBA. That's fantastic stuff. And maybe they have a rivalry going in practice, which could breed to some really good things on the basketball court. I'll tell you what the one thing the Golden State Warriors aren't worried about, Jordan Poole, if he's going to give you 34, 34 minutes on the court and 29 points, they'll take that. And they hope that fire stays burning for the rest of the playoffs then. You know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see, again, how this all plays out. Uh, Jordan Poole has started a ton of basketball games for the team, for this team this season. Um, Don, if I'm not mistaken, he's averaging under 14 points per game as a bench player. He's averaging 21 points per game as a starter. And obviously here in the postseason, 30 in the first game, 29 in the second. I don't think Jordan Poole is going to be all over the moon about going to the bench. And again, you might say that's ridiculous. I'm not the one who said no comment when they asked, hey, does the, if, what happens if the best player in the, in, in the franchise's history comes back and takes your spot? I'm not the one who said no comment. That was Jordan Poole. The comment was, was really easy. It was a real layup. It was right, right there in front of him. Mavs Jazz. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I love Donnie. But Donnie, occasionally, like most, a little naive around this Utah Jazz team. A lot of people a little – and here's the thing. Here's, I, I spoke to someone yesterday, basketball opinion I respect. They said, i tell you this, I think the Jazz will only beat the Mavs. I think this team might win multiple series. Not going to happen. The Utah Jazz are built to disappoint. They are I, – I, I, I meant this honestly when I said this to you yesterday on Radio Donnie. This team would probably be more comfortable if Luka Doncic was out there on the basketball court. Because at least if they lost to Luka, it wouldn't mean the organization has to completely blow itself up at its core. But here we are, Donnie, even going to Utah, Luka coming back sooner than later. Yeah, I'm surprised by this. But the one thing I'm not surprised is, is right, Donovan Mitchell shooting 30 times in the game. We talked about it. We just talked about it yesterday on Moneyline here. Like, man, you want usage rate. You want to live with it. Donovan Mitchell is your guy here. No matter what's going on, he is unconscious. He talked about, you know, hey, he opens up the game. I don't know, which I didn't see last night. 0 for 4, 0 for 5 for 3 for Yeah, let me shut it down. Now, let's keep it kicking here. 3 for <laughs> 10 overall. 13 of 30 from the floor. 34 yeah. points where if you're looking for a points total or a guy that's going to give you those shots, he's your guy. But maybe you're right about a situation with the Utah Jazz where that you know sticker against them is yeah these guys will underperform because I was surprised they also didn't play all that well in game one and just squeaked by the Luka Doncic less Mavericks and then when I saw the final score getting home from the Sixers game last night I was like wow the Mavericks actually won that game I was actually surprised to see it but it will be interesting to see in game three what type of performance you're going to get because mm-hmm. I doubt Luka Doncic is going to return to the court in game three, which you think should be an easy victory for the Jazz, but now not so much. I mean, if Brunson's going to give you 40 points in a game to make up for Luka, <laughs> what's next for the Mavericks? Who's next to step up on top of that? And I know that there's a lot of Jazz fans out there. I mean, you're saying, hey, Brunson gave him 41, Kleba hit eight threes, you're going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. 
We'll talk about the adjustments and the expectations around a Luka return. And then we'll get to some Major League Baseball headlines. A lot of interesting stuff happened yesterday, including Freddie Freeman going deep versus the Atlanta Braves. We'll be back right here after this quick break on the Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back here on the early lot. I want to touch on the Mavericks and Jazz. A lot of Utah fans and backers, I imagine, say to themselves, look, Brunson's not going to score 41 again. Maxi Kleba's not going to make eight threes off the bench again. You're right. That's not going to happen. But the Mavericks, if they're going to, they don't need it to happen again. Now the expectation for the Mavericks is to win when Luka is back. I still don't think he plays game three. I think he plays game four. That's been my expectation kind of on this situation right now. So in that way, for the Jazz, it doesn't matter if Jalen Brunson played the game of his life. He was fantastic. It doesn't matter if Maxi Kleba looked like a splash brother. It, they, it just needed to happen for the one game. And, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was not all that great. And I mean, but here's the problem to me with the Utah Jazz quickly, Donnie, right? As we take a look at this, you know, series, the pregame total, right, went over by about 10 points in this game at a 110 to 104 final score. The Utah Jazz, when they were at their peak, and that's regular season basketball for the most part, but even at times when they were playing well in the postseason, it's a team that is absolutely firing squad from deep. I mean, it feels like every single one of the guys in the starting lineup other than Gobert is shooting double-digit threes a game. Mike Conley 0 for 3. Bogdanovich 1 for 4. Clarkson off the bench 3 for 4. Like, I... I get Joe Ingles isn't here anymore. Certainly Joe Ingles didn't send out daily reminders to shoot your threes. Donnie, they, they, the Dallas Mavericks took 47 threes. It, it, they simply put out-mathed them, which is going to work when you're going to play a game, you know, in the mid-210s or low-200s or even sub-200, Donnie. It, how the Jazz, to me, flip this thing around is just go full firepower. They have more horses. They have more guys. This team cannot just allow the Mavericks to shoot 53s a game while they're going to shoot sub-30. That's not going to work. 
No, it's not going to work. And it sounds like a college basketball handicap that you'd see us do here in like February or March, where you say to yourself, what's the equalizer in this game? How about you just shoot more three-pointers and make more three-point shots? Because if you get hot behind the arc, there's nothing the other team can do to counter it other than them getting hot behind the arc. And maybe that's the key to victory for the Mavericks. And look, we're down firepower with Luka Doncic, as you said here. We can't have that evenness to our offense. The only way we're going to go out and upset another basketball team is fire away from three-point range. You're right, 47 three-point shot attempts, made 22 of them, so shooting 47% behind the arc. The only way you counter that is you must shoot equally that high, and again, only 29 three-point shots by Utah. I'm still surprised that they lost the game, but when you start to do the mathematics on what makes sense here in order to get an upset, make your three-point shots, kid. That's the way to victory. Yeah, no doubt about it. What a fun game, though, that was. Again, Brunson, fantastic. Cleaver, every time we let it go, uh, was unbelievable. We'll make our way back to the NBA in hour number two. There's three new games for us to preview today. Heat Hawks, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and Suns Pelicans, all with spreads of seven or more. So, again, it kind of be you know interesting of could it be an all-favorites day or do you find that one upset and where could it actually come from here on today's board. But I want to transition over to Major League Baseball, some fun action yesterday. We've talked about it a couple of times, Donnie. Freddie Freeman hits a home run in his first ever at-bat versus the Atlanta Braves. The Dodgers win 7-4. to four. You know, it's again, right, we're so early into the year but here this team goes, seven wins in a row, Donnie, the Los Angeles Dodgers. It felt like last year they were maybe a little slow out of the starting gates here. If this team's going to set this tempo early on, man, is it going to be a real fun season for people in L.A.? Yeah, it is going to be a fun season. And it's supposed to be a fun season every year in L.A. Because when you start with a baseball team that says, all right, how do we get better? Well, let's have, like, the best farm system in baseball. Okay, so we'll be frugal like Tampa Bay, right? No, no, no. We're going to have the biggest payroll in baseball to couple that as well with some of the best scouts in the business. This is what the Dodgers do each and every year. And it's no surprise because you were looking at a pitcher coming onto the mound there, right? Even let's just take a look at Clayton Kershaw. Should he have thrown a perfect game? Should he not? Even said, hey, maybe a fade is in order here for Clayton Kershaw. He goes five innings, four earned runs, and it didn't even matter because the Dodgers bats always wake up and carry the day. Everybody in this lineup can hammer away from the leadoff guy all the way down to a previous MVP who bats like in the 7-8 hole nightly here for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They sit at 8-2 and two to open the season, 5-0 and oh at home. Welcome to the summer, even though it's still in the spring, because you're going to get high-priced Dodger tickets all the way through, and rightfully so. I use this so many times, Kevin. It's one of those baseball teams, a la the Kansas City Chiefs in football, where you don't, even if you think there's value, you don't want to bet against the Dodgers because the game's, mm-hmm. hey, Brazier in town. They should be able to steal this one. Let's play Kershaw because maybe he's not in regular season form just yet, and they still win 7-4. to four. The Dodgers are going to be a tough team to deal with, but maybe still the Giants are going to battle them all summer long. Going to be so interesting to watch, Kevin, this NL West. Yeah, and here's the other there's, – there's one sneaky team in the NL West. We'll hit that in just a second. One thing I, I will say with the Dodgers is if they are so dominant again throughout this regular season, I feel – and, again, they, they were last year, but it – for a team like the Dodgers to kind of confirm expectations sends a message throughout this league. 
here's the thing. You might think that all pro athletes aren't bothered by these things. No team is, oh, man, we're playing a 115-win L.A. Dodgers team in the round, first round. That's not what it wants to be. And the other thing that's going to be interesting is kind of the, the value that exists on a buy in, you know, the postseason for Major League Baseball. We're so used to it in the NFL. We're not used to it in Major League Baseball, but it certainly seems like the Dodgers could be competitive for a buy. Donnie mentioned maybe, though, the Giants will have other ideas, or, or maybe, Donnie, the, the Colorado Rockies will have other <laughs> ideas. I mean, it seems piping hot. They're 7-3, and three, Donnie. Legitimately one of the best teams in Major League Baseball from a record standpoint to start. Is the takeaway for you a 7-3 and three Rockies team or a 4-7 and seven Phillies team? Yeah, things will even out, I would say, for the Rockies because they're playing in a tough division and they're going to play the majority of the games against some elite competition with the Giants, with the Dodgers, and the Padres. But let's just get into the series here in the Philadelphia Phillies. You now sit at one and four away from Citizens Bank Ballpark and four and seven on the season. Slow starts happen in Major League Baseball. I get it. But when you are built on saying, okay, remember the moniker for me? Yeah, Philly's probably going to lose a lot of seven to six games, but they're going to hit their way out of a paper bag, which right now, Kevin, they can't do that. You're telling me you go to Colorado and for the majority of the game, you can't score a single run into the eighth inning off of Chad Cool. Yeah, the MVP Cy Young caliber Chad Cool. I didn't see this one coming from the Phillies on this slow start because after seeing how well they played in the opening series where the bats came alive in game one, stayed there in game two, sort of fizzled in game three. Then you move on to that Marlins series. Didn't look all that great. Now you had the Colorado. These are the games that you need to win as a baseball organization because you're supposed to be better than the Colorado Rockies. You have your quote-unquote ace on the mound in Aranola, who gave you a very good performance. Five and a third, two earned runs. If I would tell you that, hey, you're going to pitch at Coors, you're going to give me five and two-thirds and two earned runs, where to sign me up on the Phillies? Where do they have eight to two at that point in that game? Hmm. And it's not the case because nobody's hitting in that lineup. This team needs to wake up at the plate and realize they are built on out slugging you here. There are no excuses. If you hold a Colorado Rockies team to four runs at home, that should be a win 95% of the time. Last night, that was the 5% where the Phillies came up lame. And it seems like early in the season, Kevin, they're doing a lot of coming up lame here lately. Yeah, I think, you know, for the Phils to – here's the thing, Don. If, if I – hey, the Phillies lost the game at Coors Field, 9-8, ah, 9-8, well, well, nine, eight. Nine, eight, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's 10-7, 4-1 is not the way that this was drawn up. I'll say this quickly on the Rockies. Again, you know, all the caveats of early season applies. Remember, Donnie, when Manny Machado went to San Diego and everyone was like, went there to rot. We'll never hear from Manny Machado ever again. And, I mean, that obviously is not how it's played out for Manny in San Diego. That was really the talking points around Chris Bryant and Colorado and that they would be bad forever. What are they doing signing Chris Bryant? Aren't they trying to be terrible or aren't they going to be terrible? Maybe, Donnie, we should have took the Chris Bryant sign uh, signing as a bit of a, a, the idea that this baseball team thought they'd be better than everybody else and that this organization had higher expectations for themselves than than everybody else here. I, again, can this maintain, a, I mean, you know, a 70% win rate? No, but can the Colorado Rockies, Donnie, be the surprise team of the 2022 Major League Baseball season? Yeah, why not? I don't think so. 
I don't think so, though. I just think it's, it's too hard to, you know, that whole we play well at home, we stink on the road. They're 5-3 and three at home. We'll see if that holds up last year where they were a bad baseball team but played exceptional baseball in Colorado because they're used to playing there. My favorite part about yesterday's Phillies loss, as you go over the box score here where the Phillies certainly couldn't hit only five total hits through nine innings against underwhelming, perform- underwhelming pitchers, to say the least, but also – Chris Bryant didn't even play in that game. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, yeah. Phillies. Like you're you say, like, what? Whoa, Bryant's their only player. Why would they even sign that guy? Who doesn't play last night and you still lose to them, which is a disaster in effect. Phillies got to turn the corner sooner than later, and they probably will. But it's very disappointing here in April to see that the Phillies aren't hitting quite yet. Yeah, I, I think, man, at some point you you've kind of made this point, Donnie. The you know. It'll be June, and the Phillies will look like the best baseball team going uh, once that lineup starts to heat up there. And I think there is some validity to that. But the problem for the Phillies is they just can't get themselves too far behind the eight ball. As you said, right, four and seven is is pretty ugly. But right now they're not, you know, kind of positioned last year. That'd be the Miami Marlins. You take a look right now in the National League, Don, it's the Marlins who are last, and it, not that much of a separation with them and the Nats. The Reds are are dead last. They're awful two and nine, and the Diamondbacks are dead last. They're also horrendous. Checking in at, at three and six, the entire rest of the division has won at least seven baseball games here. Uh, even you know expanded throughout the American League, nine of the Baltimore Orioles here. Yep. Uh, you kind of yep. feel right now the early returns is you know the bottom of these divisions is what was anticipated. Exactly, and you know I usually say that. Teams don't really know they're bad. We know they're bad, but you, you know, you're playing, you're still professionals. Hey, uh, welcome to the ballpark each and every day. Let's really get after it, guys. And it starts to wear on you when you figure out, like, dude, we have zero chance at making the playoffs here, doing anything. And upper management is going to start to look at who's the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the ninth inning guy in our future. But obviously, that doesn't really take place in April. But you're right. Look at the last place teams across baseball. The Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, we thought they would be in last place in the AL East, and they are. The Kansas City Royals, who are terrible. We thought they would probably be a bottom dweller and they are the one surprising one here is the texas rangers at two and seven not based off of last year because they were terrible we actually thought they were trying to improve their baseball team where a team like the oakland athletics would be waving the white flag and they said at six and five the washington nationals in last place there with the phillies at four and seven we thought they would be there the cincinnati reds who are basically given up and their ownership, you know, opening day tried to blame the fans, and the fans are getting the last laugh. Go, yeah, we told you that you're a two and nine baseball team after 11 games before the season even started. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks at three and six. The race to the bottom is going to be really interesting in Major League Baseball in 2022, Kevin, because there's a lot of really, really bad teams that are already in the basement. Yeah, and the one team that's you know really interesting right now to me though, at the, of, of all these bottom feeders, Donnie. I, the Baltimore Orioles I, isn't the dream, Donnie, though, for an Orioles to have a couple of guys heat up so you can trade them and get more prospects. I mean, Donnie, they might not they might not trade a single guy from that from that one through nine. I, I mean, tw- they've scored twenty two runs, twenty two runs through the first ten games of the season, and I just don't think it's really going to get any better. Them. We'll close out our number one next right here on Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Closing out hour number one right here. Some of the other other results, Donnie, I think, on this baseball board. One that uh, catches my eye a little bit, kind of an ALE situation here, is the Boston Red Sox uh, dropping a game to the Minnesota Twins. 8-3. to The concerns around Boston was that that rotation might not be up to snuff. It it does feel like that is going to be the case. Throwing Rich Hill out there every five days is not good enough. Nick Pavetta is very unlikely to be what he was for them a lot of last season. Nathan Eovaldi is good. I do not think Nathan Eovaldi is is a true ace. I just find this Boston team to be in a difficult spot. And I bring this up because they're about to start a series with the Toronto Blue Jays. They're not even going to have Tanner Houck due to the vaccine situation that he's got. You know, he's not vaccinated. That's just what I don't want to say vaccine situation. The Boston Red Sox, I mean, Don, are about to play a very interesting series in Toronto where their pitching's really going to be put to the test. Yeah, it is really going to be put to the test. And if you're the Boston Red Sox, you know, it sort of gets that feeling of you better out slug teams because even though you do have a quality bullpen, when your ace is Nathan Eovaldi and then, oh my goodness, I hope we get good starts out of the next four guys in the rotation, that typically doesn't work out all that well. And when you're playing in a tough AL East, that's going to be even more damaging. And then also when you're playing in Toronto where you're down some of those guys that you were trying to rely on. Not a good look here for the Red Sox early. Maybe they cobble it together and save the series. But right now, I think you're right. If you're leaning on starting pitching, you're probably not going to be leaning on that much longer here in Boston. It doesn't look that great. At some point, something has to give. The one thing for Boston right now is, and again, it's kind of true in a lot of spots in Major League Baseball, but the A at least is not had you know anyone kind of blow anybody away. Toronto is six and four. The Yankees and the Red Sox are five and five, and Tampa is five and six. It's all right here, right now for the AL East. We'll preview some baseball now, or number two. But up next, we talk about some star wide receivers. What's coming up right here on the early line? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.